Welcome to Live Vedanta, a podcast about simple living and high thinking. We're continuing our series, The Stairway to Serenity. And in this episode, we explore a couple of questions. How does one play this game called life? And what steps do we need to navigate to reach our ultimate goal of happiness? Let's tune into this next episode with Vivekji to learn a few more simple steps on our journey to joy. Arion, and greetings from Niagara Falls. What is the most universal one amongst all beings? Beings meaning not just humans. What is the most universal one of all beings? <coughs> Happiness. Happiness, peace, joy. Mm -hmm. This is most universal. So this is not a want. It is a need. Our need to be happy, to be joyous, these are all synonyms, will never change until we are happy, joyous, peaceful. Which is why in Vedic culture, our culture, this need was nurtured from childhood. Nurtured with what? A moksha pata. You all got to see that visually last week. The moksha pata that was traditionally used in Vedic culture, the 100 squares were filled with virtues. And how did you fall down? With vices. Isn't that an amazing game to play from a childhood? From childhood is that you move up with these virtues and if you land on the vice that you fall down. This Vedic culture game was stolen by the British culture. And it was changed into snakes and ladders. And instead of this being about virtues and vices, it became about economic practices. <laughs> those who are thrifty move up and those who are in poverty move down. Can you believe that? Snakes and ladders became about your relationship with the economy. And then who stole it from the British? <laughs> the Americans. <laughs> In American culture, it was turned into, we can't call it snakes and ladders because that's British. So let's call it shoots and ladders. It's the same game, but if you change the wording, you can sell it then. <laughs> and that is the design of this course for us to start living our life like this is a game of virtues. Vices will be there, but we have to skip over those spaces. And if we fall, we have to climb up again. Can you remember the last time 
you were completely immersed in a game. Watching is one matter, but playing a game. You could do that forever, correct? No hunger, no thirst. Here in satsang, I've only been speaking for four minutes. Everyone's posture slowly <laughs> turning down here. I see the top of your heads, not the front of your faces. <laughs> that is how this course is designed for us to go through this pata. <laughs> the word pata in English is path to moksha. For us not to need happiness. Can you just imagine that? The only one who doesn't need happiness is the one who is happiness. This game has begun with avidya. Avidya in English, please share in the chat. Avidya means forgetfulness. Forgetfulness here means one who has forgotten how to be happy. To become forgetful about where my keys are or another person's name. It's not great, but to forget how to be happy is dangerous. And I suggested for all of us to inquire. Inquire into the fundamentals. Like, why were you born? What will happen to you when you die? Who are you? The more we inquire, the less we will forget, correct? Isn't that what's happening in America right now? They're inquiring into happen what happened to the during the Capitol riot so that it doesn't happen again. We pray that it doesn't happen again. If there's avidya, there's going to be kama. Tell me in English what kama means. Desire. I've forgotten how to be happy, so I desire to be happy, and I come up with a plan, and I start working this plan out. I think I'll be happy through pleasure, possession, position. But remember, none of that equates to peace. So when I have <coughs> pleasure, possession, position, I don't feel peace. So then what happens? I work more, I work more. This is a trap. We see like guinea pigs and mice, they run on that uh, wheel, correct? Kama is the same way. If there's kama, what's coming next? Raga. What is the English word for raga? Attachment, see now you're all ready. I'm gonna respond first, Vivekji. <laughs> It is attachment. When I was sharing thoughts on attachment, attachment is that which limits us. Just like if I'm attached to this chair, I'm limited by it, correct? Physically. I gave a more sublime thought in reference to the knots in our heart. The Sanskrit word for heart, H-E-A-R-T, heart, is hridaya. Everyone's with me? But Hridaya can be opened up more. Hrit means that which is close. Aya or Ayam means this. 
Whenever one feels I, there is no limits. But as soon as you say I am this, limits begin, correct? I am this body. I am this sexuality. I am this nationality. I am this popular person, person on social media. See all those limits that come with that. So the word hridaya, it is hridayam. Those who are attached, keep focusing on the ayam, the this part, and not the I part. The this part keeps changing. The I part never changes. And I further gave you a reference that if raga or attachment is limiting me, then what do I have to engage in? Viraga. Viraga means independence. And I described how Sri Lakshmana, he cut Shurpanaka. But then I followed up with that to say, you can't just let go of what you're attached to. What is the best movie that has ever been created? Actually, it is Inception, okay? I'm not telling you my opinion. I'm telling you factually. <laughs> Science has said Inception is the best movie ever. <laughs> There's a scene where a group of people are sitting in a helicopter. And I think his name is Cobb. And he tells Sato, he says, don't think of elephants. And then he asks Sato, what are you thinking about? And he says, elephants, of course. So I'm telling all of you, don't be attached, viraga. <laughs> Aren't you thinking about your attachments more now? <laughs> we need anuraga. Anuraga means to love. When we love that which is higher, we naturally let go of that which is lower. That is a review of our last class. We continue. And so you're totally clear about why we're flowing through this moksha pata. The more you understand that you are going through this, are we not going through this? The forgetfulness, the desire, the attachment. The more you understand you're going through this, the more you accept this and adapt. But if you don't understand that you're going through this, you will never accept this. You'll never adapt means you'll never evolve. Fine. If there is raga, and this is our fourth word, there is going to be bhaya. Bhaya. I'm not saying bhaya. Some may be thinking that, yes, there is a brother then. I'm saying bhaya. What is the English word for bhaya? Fear. That's right. In Bhagavad Gita, Sri Krishna teaches us that if there's raga, there's going to be bhaya. And if there's bhaya, there's going to be the preceding emotion is attachment. What is the proceeding emotion? It is krodha. And that's actually coming up next. <laughs> 
Today's class is about anger management. So Baya, and I'm stating this for you about how deep the philosophy of the, these words are, the system of these words. It is so obvious that if there's attachment, there's going to be fear. Just think of it. Why will there be fear? I'm afraid I won't get what I'm attached to. If you think of college students, or let's say high school students who are applying to colleges and their close friends, their boyfriend, their girlfriend is going to this college, they're so afraid that they won't get into that college also, correct? That I won't get this. And suppose you do get it, then there's a fear that you're going to lose it. So after Raga, there being bias so obvious, most obvious, our fear has started off specific. Everyone share with me a specific fear that you have. Share in the chat, a specific fear. Vivekji, we are abhaya. This doesn't relate to us. This relates to you. <laughs> Ghosts, losing my parents, not getting a job after college. Yes, we all have specific fears. Thinking about those who are, I don't know, kids, like spiders, ghosts, thunder, darkness. It's specific. But when fears that are specific are not checked, they become general fears. And a lot of us now have, um, psychologically it's called, a low-grade fear. A low-grade fear. You know what's fascinating about fear? I told you what's coming up next is anger. How many of you can identify with being an angry person by a show of hands. All of us are far more open to admitting to being angry and far less open to, being, to admitting to being afraid. Yet, you can't be angry without being afraid. That just shows how much we're focusing on the symptoms or the effect and not the source or the cause. And one strong way to come out of fear is accept it. Because then you will adapt out of it. But if you don't accept it, you will not adapt out of it. Getting into the specific fears. <clears throat> I had asked you earlier about the most universal wants of every being. Now a related question, what are the three universal fears that every being has? There are three universal fears. Yes, yes, and we're missing the third. Good, there it is. The three universal fears are death, unknown, and sorrow. Make sure you're writing this, that you're reflecting on this, because this can be a transformative insight. 
death, unknown, sorrow. Now tell me, what's the opposite of death? Opposite of death. Eternal or existence. In Sanskrit, we use the word sat. What is the opposite of unknown? Awareness. In Sanskrit, we say chit. And the opposite of sorrow. Joy or ananda. We fear that which is completely different to existence, awareness, and joy. Are we still together? Okay. Now, to make this very clear, who do you fear the least? Who do you fear the least? I'm glad some of you wrote yourself. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> the correct answer is myself. We do not fear ourselves because there is a complete sense of oneness. When you look in the mirror, are you ever scared <laughs> of what you see in the mirror? <laughs> but suppose you're looking in the mirror and you see someone else. <laughs> that is extremely frightening, correct? Even if it's a family family member. <laughs> and the implication here is we only fear that which is different than us. So our fears are actually teaching us who we are. Since I fear death, that means I am existence. I fear the unknown. So I am awareness. I fear sorrow. So I am joy. In our culture, this is visually presented. How many of you grew up in Balavihar, like a kid's program on virtue development? Okay. How many of you engaged in plays, like you enacted this and that? Okay. If you ever enacted being a god, a Bhagavan, can you show me how you would stand, particularly with your hands? Right, some have their bow and arrow, but most of you have your hand like this, correct? I never went through Balavihar, <clears throat> but we had uh, cultural organizations in Niagara. And whenever we put on a play, I was always the mountain. <laughs> I wore brown pants and a brown sweater, and I was just told to stand, <laughs> stand like this. And then everything happened around me. <laughs> Now that I think of it, it's because they were telling me I'm Brahman. Those icons are a mirror. We keep looking at the curly hair and the blue skin and, and the smile. That is a mirror. So deep and lovely. That's Bhaya. We continue. I just shared. If there's Bhaya, then what's going to come with that? Krodha, but the word we're using is moha. Word number five is moha, M-O-H-A. For some of you who are newer to these terms, I'm reminding all of you the moksha pata, the words that we're using, will be sent to you. We're just testing to see how far we can go with you feeling overwhelmed 
<laughs> before you complain, <laughs> this will be shared with you. Moha. Moha means confusion. Moha, the English word is confusion. Now, why is this related to kroda or anger? Please look at me for now. Imagine a six-point diamond. Can you all see that? Point one, two, three, four, five, and six. Okay? This diamond at the top is kama or desire that we've already explored. Now, one of these branches is kroda or anger. This point then gets expressed as moha or confusion, okay? That's all I wanted you to focus on right now. I will keep explaining this. These six points, this diamond I'm describing to you, these are known as our six enemies. Every one of us has enemies. We tend to think they're outside, but our real enemies are inside. I told all of you, I just finished a workshop for Chinmai Mission Pittsburgh. And I remember one of the first camps I taught at there to a group of kids, I was asking them, who are your enemies? One girl put her hand up, Priya, Mary, Trevor. <laughs> he starts listing all of these names. Stop, some of those people are here. They're not your enemies. <laughs> Our enemies are, desire, anger, confusion. And what's so epic about this, the more enemies you have inside, the more enemies you have outside. If I have very little desire or anger or confusion, then I'm comfortable with everyone. Yes. So if you find that you're unnatural with people, <laughs> we're always thinking it's because of them. It's because of you. <laughs> We have to accept and adapt to these enemies. Now, Moha, when you're angry, what happens to you? Think of the last time you were acutely angry. What were you thinking? What were you feeling? What were you doing? Yes, thank you for writing confused. That's my point. <laughs> When we are angry, we forget who we are. And if you've forgotten who you are, you forget what you're supposed to do. And if you keep on engaging in a confused doing or action, it only deepens that confusion about who you are. Everyone followed that? When Vivek is angry, I become confused about who I am and what I'm supposed to do. Moha. One very tactile expression of this confusion is feeling, instead of having equipments, that you are equipments. This may be subtle for some. What is this? A very Vintage phone, you can see the crack there, it barely works. <laughs> this is an equipment, correct? I use this equipment to play 2048. 
<laughs> this, my hands. This is also an equipment, but see how I described it? My hands. And if anything happens to these hands, I feel it's happening to me. That's the confusion. This is an equipment too, but instead of feeling I have an equipment, I feel I am this equipment. Now making this more tactile. Whatever you think you are, that's what you will pursue. As an example, in Canada, we had an election on, I think it was Tuesday. If I think I'm a Canadian, then I will vote. But if I think I'm not a Canadian, then I'm not going to vote, correct? That's very black and white. Okay, too many Americans, you don't get it. If you think you're a dog, what kind of food are you going to pursue? Right, dog food. If you feel you're a human, what kind of food will you pursue? <laughs> I'm waiting for someone to type slowly. They're still typing in dog food. It comes up, it comes up again. <laughs> You'll pursue human food, whatever that is. So see how harmful it is to be confused, to think that I'm these equipments. Then I live like I have to just keep on pursuing pleasure. But if I know that I have equipments, but I'm not equipments, all of a sudden, my pursuit changes. It becomes more evolved. It becomes more refined. What are we supposed to do when we're losing to confusion? Don't be by yourself. If you're confused and you're by yourself, what's going to happen? Overthinking. Overthinking only leads to a hardening of that confusion. When you're confused, what we need is to be with someone who likes us. But not someone who likes us at the surface, someone who likes us in an authentic way. Someone who's confused doesn't like themselves. And only when we're with someone who likes us authentically do we start to like ourselves then. Liking yourself is a way to come out of that confusion. When you like who you are, you start to like what you do. Or if you like what you do, you start to like who you are. And that's why in Vedic culture, in this Mokshapata, a guide is a game changer. When you have a guide in your life, they like you more than you like you. They engage you in what you will like to do more than you know what you like to do. They are a game changer. For Prince Arjuna, one of his challenges was moha. The only way he came out of that moha, he wasn't by himself, yes. He was with his guide. And at the end of Bhagavad Gita, his specific words are, Nashta moha. I am not confused. I am clear. I am convinced. I am confident. I am content. B, 
with one who can guide you. And so that's totally clear. If you're driving and you're lost, what should you do? Just keep driving. How inefficient that is and damaging it is for the environment. What should you do? Ask someone who knows the directions. Follow someone who knows that terrain. If you enjoyed what you heard or want to learn more, share this episode with a friend or find us online at facebook.com slash cmniagara. For those on the journey of self-development, Chinmaya Mission Niagara provides a community forum for seekers to listen, reflect, and contemplate. This podcast is produced by the Young Adults of Chinmaya Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. Until next time, inspire, love, be.